is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. Now, your hosts, Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, Everson Walls, and Bill Jones. And we are inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios here at the Star in Frisco on a Tuesday, January 14th, 2020. And no Mickey today. No salute from Mickey as we get started. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Rob, where in the world is Mickey? He's probably on I-20 somewhere right now, driving back from... New Orleans. Ooh, oh, nice. what in the world so he was got he the doing job, in New Orleans huh? last night? Well, he gets the big paycheck around here. You don't here, want to ask so... people that, too. You don't want to ask people <laughs> that's, that. That's, that's true. Well, that's yeah. true. <laughs> don't do that. In this case, I know exactly where he was. He spent a lot of money to go to that game last night. And uh, his wife's a huge LSU fan, and they had something to party about last night. And now I think they're on their way home. All right. Very good. Man, I've been there. What? Bayou Classic every year? Oh, yeah. In the first year at the Bayou Classic, me and my wife at the time, she was just my girlfriend. <laughs> we went walking all through Bourbon Street and French Quarters and everything. Just so naive. Could have got mugged at any time. <laughs> you know, that was, the, that was the dumbest thing we ever did, but we had a great time. Could have got mugged at any time. We were out there until like 4 o'clock in the morning having a good time. It's that, a great place. Mm-hmm. The party is probably still continuing right now oh my gosh. Uh, for LSU fans after winning the national championship last night. Um, as has anything happened since the last time we got together last Tuesday? <laughs> a couple things. A couple things. One thing Some we were waiting news. on. It would be nice if they could have done it while we were still on the air. Yeah. That's, That's right. Yeah. That's right. We were waiting on that one thing, and there was a former Cowboys coach who was waiting on one thing. Wow, that happened man. Over the was weekend that cool? Too. Yeah. That was extremely cool. How many people cried? Did you cry? I didn't cry. Yeah. Troy Aikman did the tears for me. Though, yeah, man. Yeah. He, he I think people emotional. wanted to cry, and they were like, oh, damn, look at Troy. <laughs> <laughs> it just shocked everybody. <laughs> so Jimmy headed to the Hall of Fame. And one guy in here who's very familiar with Jimmy having played for him. Jimmy was first up, uh, what was that, two years ago when I was up for it. Okay. And uh, everybody kept trying to put us together and I didn't want to get into any kind of controversy on that because I wanted good karma. Uh, yeah, I sure. didn't want to get into any Nothing of that about mess. fraternizing. Yeah, all that like fraternizing. That. I still don't know what that means. <laughs> I, I had to look it up. So, um, but no, I, I, I actually tweeted right away. I don't know if they get, I don't know how Twitter works. I just tweeted out, congratulations. And, I can find it right yeah, now. Congratulations, <laughs> Jimmy J. Uh, Hall of Famer. I mean, that's yeah. all you can say, man. But watching it, uh, I thought, you know, Jimmy, man, he's so cool. You know, I thought Jimmy would kind of play it off. You know, his hair never gets messed up. He's the sharpest dresser <laughs> in the room. And uh, it was that was very emotional for him. It and, really was. And it was, it, was, it was good to see that Jimmy. You mm-hmm. know, usually you see the cocky little Jimmy, the one always talking trash, a big blowhard. But, you know, <laughs> no, that, that Jimmy was a guy that uh, you can tell, you know, guy's been through a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we we've all you know coming starting back when we first met each other all of us to where we are now you know you kind of look back on that and say wow man I'm I'm blessed to be where I am right now so it was, I could feel that for him I'm sure everybody else could too at walls underscore twenty four yeah. on yeah. Twitter yeah. said congrats Jimmy J Jimmy Hall J. of Famer yeah. exclamation point mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to get there before him but hey <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie I was happy for him that was good stuff you that got was a, good TV have you got a Jimmy memory that really stands out playing for him oh yeah I got yeah, I, Jimmy. <laughs> just one yeah yeah, yeah. But, but as far as good ones, uh, <laughs> good ones. <laughs> you know, positive stories. Uh, Let me I think just, about that. I, I, yeah, I got to think about that. Uh, well, I feel like this. He was the first coach to ever want to name me captain. Out of all the coaches really? I bragged on, yes, and I brag about all these Hall of Fame coaches and future Hall of Fame coaches, he's the first one that ever wanted me to be a captain. I mean, because mm-hmm. you played for – some of the all-time I played for greats. Eddie Robinson, okay? Mm-hmm. I led the nation in interceptions with right. Eddie Robinson. Mm-hmm. He's never had a player do that, I don't believe. He never named and me so captain. So you weren't a captain. I was never a captain. Okay. Uh, uh, Tom Landry, you know he wasn't going to make me a captain. <laughs> uh, uh, Parcells, you know, just got there, was not a captain. Cleveland, you know, I was always 
you know, the new guy, so to speak, and everyone was always established wherever I went. But mm-hmm. when uh, Jimmy came in, his whole idea was to try and get, you know, he needs to get a veteran on his side. I was on his side mm-hmm. until we started things going to crap, and then all of a sudden he's like, <laughs> uh, I was his sacrificial lamb. Uh-huh. So I think he picked me for captain just so I could be a sacrificial lamb, I do believe. Mm-hmm. But it was fun for a while. The preseason, we went like three and one, and I was I was I was his hero. Right, right. I was his hero Jimmy. for like for like a month. I was his guy, uh-huh. and then uh, then went to crap. Yeah, then but you got a ring pretty pretty yeah, soon yeah, after yeah, that, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. See, like, like I said, uh, what is it? A uh, uh, brand of broken. Yeah, you are where you are. That's right. <laughs> okay, and if it wasn't for all of that. I may not have ever gotten the ring. Well, it's career. funny you mentioned that three and one preseason. I was talking to somebody the other day about uh, Jimmy, and you know, he of course he was with the Cowboys for five years, and then he was at Miami for four years, and this is twenty years was since it he, four years. Wow, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah I didn't realize yeah. it either. I just remember when the Cowboys played the Dolphins; it was a big deal, yeah. and I went to Miami that week and did stories on Jimmy and everything. Um, but he was there four years, and in 1999 is when he retired from coaching. So it was 20 years ago, basically. And, um, you know, the last game that he coached was against Jacksonville in the playoffs, and they got beat like 63 oh, to 7. Yeah. Oh, or wow. to I remember 14. that. Yep. And Jimmy always said that <laughs> that game that game didn't count. It didn't count. Uh, no, okay. that, that game didn't count because we knew going in that we weren't going to win that game. Uh, okay. So but that did game you know didn't they count. would blow and you so, out. Yeah. And so I said, but that win over the Oilers, the last preseason game in 1989 that made you 3-1 and one in the preseason, you count that one. You count that one. That was fun. That was fun. That whole preseason. Season was fun. Uh-huh. That was a captain for that preseason. See, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I like that. That yeah. was fun. Yeah. And the season went in the toilet after oh, yeah. that because we went to the Saints, you, and yeah. then all of a sudden we realized right. what we were. Yeah. We are that's who right. we thought we were the whole time. <laughs> you know, the, but the way they they uh, sprung it on Jimmy, I thought all along because. Rick Goslin's kind of hinted at it. I, you know, the special edition show, which you were on last mm-hmm. week, Everson, I've been there with, with Rick all season long, and he was filming in on this special Centennial Hall of Fame class, and it was his mission to make sure – Jimmy got in mm. this year, and uh, and Shireen Williams, of course, uh, from a sports writer oh, yeah. here in town, also was on the the committee. But so so I was expecting it to happen on the pregame show actually on See, Sunday. That's, that's what happened with me is because Bill Cowher. Yeah, I wrote a, he was pregame. It was CBS pregame on CBS the day before. So I wrote a few graphs just getting ready for right. on Sunday, and it didn't happen in pregame for Jimmy. And I thought, well, it's not well, going to happen then. So and, and that's the thing is. I think in order to surprise Jimmy, they had to make sure they did not do it on the pregame show because that's what the way they did Cowher the day before. Jimmy's probably sitting around it, doing it, pregame. Going, Where's like, David Baker? Hey, How come the big guy it? hadn't walked in yet? You know, and then he gets done with the pregame and it didn't happen, and he's probably thinking, "Well, oh, I'm not well, these in. guys, I failed again." That might have added to his emotion there at halftime yeah. because uh, it, and it, obviously it did surprise him yeah. because of yeah. the timing of it. Yeah, I walk into the room and the team TV's on at halftime, and he's he's bawling basically, uh-huh. like Everson said. I happened and it was, to wow. catch it. I, yeah. just, I mean, because you guys were aware of this, I was not aware of this, and most and, people weren't aware every that it was year even. Going I try to yeah. disassociate myself at any time. Once I saw the thing came out, my uh, focus was on. Uh, uh, Cliff Harris, mm-hmm. I called him yesterday, talked yep. for him, and that's coming out tomorrow morning. The yeah. rest of the class, I, he was hoping it would be today. Yeah, it's Wednesday morning today. is when they're announcing it, right? On right. NFL Network Wednesday morning, and of course, Drew. Drew yeah. You know, come on, man, Drew's I mean, going to get in. That's that's and Cliff my, should. my idea, and Everson was. should too. Yes. But he's not. A but once I realize I'm not in, I, yeah. I totally shut yeah. down. Yeah, I right. don't want to hear anything about it. And then you focus on well, who else deserves it? When I didn't get in, when I was actually in Minneapolis. That was the year that uh, two guys got in. That oh my goodness, I was happy for them. Uh, big big uh, big man, uh, the the uh, linebacker from Houston, Robert Brazil. Yeah, finally got in. Who was amazing mm-hmm. his entire career. HBCU brother from Jackson State, uh, a Steeler killer. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean he was amazing. And and just because he wasn't a Steeler. He got kind of screwed on it, and Jerry Kramer yeah. made it that year. Which, oh my God, what, what yeah, took so long? Everybody I'm read his book. This I mean, he could go now. He could go now. Finally, that's probably what he's waiting on. And uh, those two made it when I was in. So now my focus is on. You know, it, it, it's Cliff crazy on the whole Hall of Fame thing. Like, why was? And I'm not saying this just because you're sitting here. 
But why was Everson not considered until it's so late in the game? You know, why? Uh, ask your boy Richard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ask Richard. I mean, and just Richard Gosselin can tell you all of that. We'll talk mm-hmm. to Shireen too. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, yeah, let's get this moving. I mean, know? because there's so many guys that, uh, and so it's great that they have the expanded class, and the reason they they're doing it, <laughs> celebrating 100 years of uh, the NFL, and so and what and so the numbers on it, they're in addition to the five players that normally get elected, uh, which will be Super Bowl weekend, there's this uh, 15-person class, and there's two coaches, and so we already know the coaches, Cowher and Johnson, Mm -hmm. and uh, I can't remember the breakdown of the numbers on the players and the contributors. It's a little confusing, because there's this centennial slate, two coaches, we know the coaches, as you said, there are 10 seniors selections yes. this year. Yes. And then three contributors? Three contributors. Mm-hmm. That makes 15 and of the Clint 20. Clint Markerson is one of the finalists for the contributors. Two contributors, too. yes. Yep. 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 And as you said, we'll know those Wednesday morning. I don't know what time on Good Morning Football they're going to announce um, those. But I want to say between – I'm not sure if it's Eastern time or Central time, between 7 and 10 a.m. Yeah. on Like Wednesday I said, morning. top of cliff for a while. And yep. uh, two other people that we brought up. That uh, I mean, you know, I me, mean, I'd love to have been in there like the year after I retired. Mm-hmm. But uh, God, you have so many guys that we're waiting on. Cornell Green, yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, Harvey Martin, Harvey Martin I mean, too. Come on, guys. This yeah. is and that that is now out of the. Um, you know, they're, they're, pre- they're beyond. Day, uh, what yeah, they call they, it. They'd be a senior. They'd be senior. Yeah. And my thing is why why are the other Hall of Famers waiting so long for? You know, for my Cowboys, of course, Drew, Cliff, Harvey, and Cornell. But then, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm an HBCU guy. I've seen some guys make some amazing plays. And as a fellow DB, I, I always throw my number out there, 57. Mm-hmm. But if you're a cornerback and you're getting interceptions, I don't care if it was back then or now, Ken Riley – uh, Cincinnati Bengals, mm-hmm. Florida A&M University. I'm sure Nate Newton has probably yeah. been talking trash about it. I don't know how long. <laughs> this guy, 65 interceptions for the Cincinnati Bengals wow. through his entire career. And if I'm not mistaken, he played cornerback the entire time. Wow. So as I step outside my star shoes, okay, yeah. and I'm talking about just injustices that are out there from, from other, other teams, and I look at him as an HBCU brother, that's something that, Man, I'm talking trash about 57, and this guy got 65 65 interceptions. And I think some of those years were 14 game seasons. Uh, Yeah, because he's 72. Yes. So uh, his NFL, he was a four-time All-Pro. 1973 was the first year he was All-Pro. Mm-hmm. Drafted in 1969. So they didn't go to a 16-game season until 1977. Right, so right. the bulk of his career was uh, was spent playing a 14-game 14 14 game season seasons. with 65 picks right, in right. his career. Which is just ridiculous. So. That And you can't blame any media. I'm there just, you go. How, how about that? Hashtag Everson to the Hall. <laughs> I love hall. it. Hey, I yeah. love it. <laughs> Who cares? Let's do it. <laughs> Yeoman work, Kyle Yeoman. I'm getting that T-shirt right there. Who cares cares about the rules? rules? I'm going to stop it. Who cares about the rules? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, um, uh, you just wonder what the Hall of Famers are thinking because now it's in pretty much their hands, if I'm not mistaken. That part I'm also confused about on who actually votes for the seniors. Because you don't campaign anymore like I was trying to do for present day. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're just out there. You can't do anything now. I mean, you you could do more if you die. If, if, you know what I'm saying? As a senior. This mm-hmm. year's a little different. There's a blue ribbon panel, I think right. they call That's, it. That it's, and they voted last Wednesday. They all convened last Wednesday. And, yeah. and it was it included uh, Goslin and Shireen Williams. But there were others that are not normally on like, the Hall of Fame committee. Uh, that It may have been Hall of Famers themselves. I skimmed it, but I think Gil Brandt was on that list, maybe, yeah. and maybe Belichick too. Okay, I, I, I forgot. I'd have to go back and look at it. But I yeah, know it's a as present panel. day, I know as present day, when I was present day, you still had Hall of Famers that vote for you. Yep, because uh, several came up to me and said they did. But that's, I think, it's uh, uh, you know, together with uh, the media. Okay, but when it comes to the seniors. You know, are they all? Uh, who, you know, who are there reporters out there that are senior voters as well, along with the Hall of Fame, a uh, 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 present Hall of Famers? That's the thing that uh, see when this process gets so secretive, mm-hmm. you know, for years and years and years. Now all of a sudden, you know, in this whole uh, age of information, 
now we're you know everyone's demanding like wait a minute let's lift let's let's lift the veil you know who where's the wizard of oz back here what's going on and how is it happening it here, still can be a little I got confusing the list, yeah i got, got it. it too but you'll go ahead well it's just i mean a, just some names off yeah of it. it's a combination of of journalists and you know football people belichick is on that list gil brandt jared bell from usa today john clayton longtime journalist um Dick LeBeau, John Madden, Dick LeBeau. Gary Myers, who used to cover the Cowboys, Ozzie Newsom, Bill Polian, Bill Polian, and you mentioned Shireen and Ron Wolf. Yeah, Ron Wolf. So oh, that's a really that's strong this, panel. That, but. That's for this special committee. But but year to year, I don't know what see uh, who, year to year who does well, this. And I think they're trying to change everything from how it used to be to, I think the centennial thing is they're trying to push it to the norm. Oh, really? From okay. here on. Good. They're trying to get more guys in. Yeah, maybe not know. 15 every year. Right. But. <laughs> right. That could be a long uh, ceremony. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, enough. I think what's going to happen with the ceremony, there are some from this class who mm-hmm. are going to be a part of the ceremony. They, they'll all be in attendance, but they're, they'll like give their speech. Uh, or uh, What I heard was that some of them will be involved in an August ceremony, and also there's a September ceremony. Right. I was going to say, the ceremony every year can go. Yeah. four hours, yeah. something right. like that. You can only imagine if you got up there, if you got twenty soul train lining, and you know, come on, man, it's you know, it's a speech, it's not a play, right? <laughs> <laughs> All know, right, coming up here play. on Talking Cowboys, there's some other news that made some headlines from here at the Star this past week. We get into that when we come back. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too right above the subway well i bet you don't even notice it after the that's my neighbor angus a deal that's just okay is not okay get a great deal with america's best network come into an at&t store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for zero dollars down based on gws1 score september 2019 back to Talking Cowboys. And we continue on Talking Cowboys as Everson <laughs> continues on his telephone call. I got go, John. <laughs> hey, man, when Spags is not here, we just go to crap. That's now. what uh, breaks are for, to take care of some right, That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. No, no reason to step out of the studio or anything. If we were on for like probably 30 seconds, you guys listen to me. That's probably what was happening. <laughs> I got coughed just a second. So uh, you. you Talk Welcome back to Talking Cowboys inside there the SWBC Mortgage Studio. All right, and we are back now. And this is the uh, CYA section. Cover your butt. There yeah. you go. <laughs> All right, a um, little bit of news this past week here at the Star in Frisco, as we talked about a little bit last Tuesday, because the word was out. There's a new head coach on the premises, and the introductory press conference took place last Wednesday. Mike McCarthy has been uh, hitting the ground running, putting a coaching staff together. And, uh, Rob, starting with you, just your your impressions of what you've seen so far the last week, starting with that press conference last week. Well, I'll start with Thursday, the day after the press conference, because he's getting settled in. We actually saw him coming down our hallway where we have our offices – 
that Thursday morning after the press conference, he was looking for his office and he mm-hmm. couldn't find it. <laughs> and he was getting some help trying to navigate the star and get to his office, and it was pretty funny. Uh, but I think the term in this business is when you win the press conference, I think he won the press conference. Yeah, I think he really made a, a strong impression on media and fans. He, he's a experienced guy. You can tell that. It, that that was a lot. I mean, that was a that was a big doings, so to speak, at that press conference because you had tons of cameras, tons of media. You had Cowboys staff up in the balcony watching. And you know, while you're the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, that's a big time job, no question. This is another level in terms of media exposure, I think, and just probably even national exposure. And he's ready for that. You know, he talked about that. And um, I think the biggest thing that, that I think the Joneses conveyed during the press conference was we're, we're lucky to have a coach like this available because mm. they still feel that this roster is in position to compete. And here's a veteran guy who's been through it, who's been through it with, with a big-time franchise, and they think they can hit the ground running with him. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, he's right now he's he's trying to get his staff together. That's that's the first order of business. Has a, had a, a sort of self-deprecating sense of humor at the press conference, and, <laughs> yeah. and seemed like a, a, a guy that is he, he seemed like in in that setting, guy that's easy to get along with. But he's got he's got a toughness about him too, uh, being a Pittsburgh guy, and I think he, he wants his teams to have a certain toughness about him. I think what what I saw in the press conference was uh, you saw the toughness. Uh, you saw that old school toughness to where the experience that you spoke of, Robbie, will allow him to be able to tread the waters uh, when in, in Lake Jones, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, because Jerry's it, it's a different beast here, no doubt about it. I'm sure even when he had his job with Green Bay, that's a great organization, historic organization. I'm pretty sure there were not nearly as many cameras there. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it wasn't nearly as intimidating. Uh, because let's face it, I don't care where you've coached before. When you come to the Dallas Cowboys, it's entirely different, whether you're a player or a coach. It doesn't matter. Things are different here. Sometimes things are off the wall crazy. Sometimes things are uh, just runs. They, they happen so quickly that it can make your head spin. And that's the beast of the Dallas Cowboys. I don't care what he's been doing in Green Bay. I don't care what kind of issues they had with Aaron Rodgers at the end of his career, and it got kind of dicey there for a minute. He had to answer some very uh, uncomfortable questions about, uh, well, who's running this team? And those kind <laughs> right. of things. Well, you right away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see, so those kind of things, um, that unnerved him. I remember those press conferences, and it unnerved him. That's nothing compared to what he's going to see here. And I, ho- I do hope he's ready for that. I think he is ready for it because of his experience. He can – just channel all of that out, tune it all out, and then be able to do his job, which is you can just tell. If I were, if I was in his head, I know all all day he probably just wanted to say during the press conference, guys, I'm just a football guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just a coach. You could just see that in him. And that's really what they need here, somebody who can just tune out all that BS and get down to coaching no matter what we're talking about, no matter how – you know, what a failure this part of the game might be during the season or what or this unit might be. He's the kind of coach I think can handle that. And I don't mean very uh, stoic like like Jason, but just to where I'm not trying to outsmart you. I'm not trying to be cute. I'm just here trying to do my job. And sometimes that's what you need. What do you think? Oh, I um... – you know, it's interesting. You know, the, one of the biggest takeaways was about putting a staff together. Yeah. And when you look at uh, this coaching staff, and now it looks like Kellen Moore is staying. I mean, that's not out officially, but it looks that way. Yeah, they, unless they you've really, heard anything different. No, they really haven't announced anything right. yet. Uh, and, but that, those reports are out there that he's supposed to come back. And 
I think the Rams announced that John Fossil will be coming aboard, but the Cowboys haven't yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when the, the, what we've seen out there is a veteran group Fossil of guys. Fossil will be coming here. That's yeah. the reports. Okay. Yeah. That's, and again, I, I don't know at what point the Cowboys. Yeah, are and the Rams things. press release did say that he's accepted a job with the Cowboys, right? It did. Okay. So I think that, it was on Twitter or something. Right, I saw it. Right. Yeah. Well, it must and, be true. Yeah. Yeah. The internet yeah. never <laughs> lies, right? It's just interesting <laughs> that they would just come out and say that the <laughs> what where he's going. Um, and then Doug Nussmeyer, the reports are Doug Nussmeyer will stay on the staff as a quarterback's coach, move from tight ends coach to quarterback's coach. So if those are the only holdovers, okay, this will be right up there with the largest shakeups of a coaching staff we've ever seen in this organization. Even I went back and looked when Jimmy took over uh, from Landry in 1989, there were three holdovers on that staff. One of them was Dick Nolan. Mm-hmm. Alan Lowry, special teams coach, uh, and Neil Armstrong. But but Neil Armstrong, Neil he, he Armstrong. was oh my god, he, his position was research and development. So yes. I don't know if that's officially a spot on the coaching staff. He's listed, he's listed in the media guide as, and of course he was a coach in his career, obviously. Uh, and but at that point, uh, it was later in his career, and that may have been more in personnel, but research and development. So there, technically, there's three OU, holdovers. Right? O- OSU, OSU, Oklahoma State. Right. That's right. Okay. That's right. What a what a great guy. Great guy. Was. Yeah. I, love, I enjoyed him. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, so anyway, if there's just two holdovers, I'm I'm pretty certain that that's the biggest um, changeover in a coaching staff that we've ever had here. Even greater than when Jimmy took over. Hmm. Really. I hadn't thought about that. Because when Parcells came here, there were several uh, that stayed, including Mike Zimmer, Jim Jeffcoat. Because I remember Bill was having trouble getting some of his guys over here, and he wound up sticking. There were a lot of holdovers, including Mike Zimmer, and that turned out to be a great partnership. But, um, yeah, I guess you're right. Even Jimmy's Mm -hmm. coming aboard, because everything changed when Jimmy came in. Right, exactly. Jerry was coming in at the same time. Now, Dick Nolan and Alan Lowry weren't here much longer, (laughs) but but he did keep those guys around. So, I would would have to say that I I think uh, the problem they're going to have is is defensively. I'm just I'm with you. I'm That's so worried about mark. this thing, man. I know he's happy to have this these these uh, weapons offensively. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's the first thing he saw. Like, wow, look at that. And it kind of reminds you uh, reminds you of his his years in Green Bay. You always had offensive things going on, except for maybe Julius Peppers and a couple other guys. They really weren't a formidable defense at all. So he's used to dealing with. A defense that hadn't had much success. I hope he doesn't have to continue to deal with that. Yeah, but you're right. You look at this roster, they could go play right now with what they got on offense and the guys coming back or expected to come back. Dak's not going anywhere. Marty's probably not going anywhere. Um, defensively, though, we've talked Kyle about it. sure ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I wonder about that. I mean, I wouldn't think so at this point, right? He's supposed to be a free agent, but he is. it's the only coach he's ever had in the to NFL me, before I, last year. If I was, uh, if I were the coach... I, that's the first sign I would make right there. Just You're my one? guy, Cobb. You're a okay. big Cobb, Cobb guy. You're, yeah. I am a Cobb guy. There's yeah. no doubt about yeah, it. I he has too. been doing it way before anybody that we've seen around here. Uh, the numbers didn't pan out last year. You could kind of see he was getting a bit frustrated with not being targeted a bit, but he didn't go in the tank. Mm-hmm. You know, he, it just he's fired him up even more, and yep. he's a professional. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's why you need him here. We need more professionals around here. That's why you need a Cobb here. Nussmeyer moves to quarterbacks coach. Uh, Rob, there's an opening for a tight ends coach here. Oh, oh, what are you implying, Bill? <laughs> Would you like to apply for that job? Uh, I I don't think I'm qualified. You got any? The studs of the of the new can NFL. You think of, can you think of anybody who might want to apply for that job? I I cannot think of anybody. Who do yeah, you think? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure hmm. if anyone who qualifies to be a tight ends coach. That's you. Here. No, no, no. no. Okay. Think a little bigger picture. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, 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 <laughs> no. Because then he'll start wanting to play again. No, we, we do not. You got to make up your mind, man. Pick a lane, okay? You're going to stay in or stay out. Let me know. <laughs> but you were talking defense, and I just counted it up. And we've talked about this previous show, I think. 18 guys can be free yes. agents defensively. They have wow. a lot of questions to answer. And they also – And these they, are prominent – Prominent names, yeah. Prominent names, Robert Quinn, 
Malik Collins, every level of defense, they've got mm-hmm. questions there. And they also just they need to play better. They need to it's, figure out, and I don't know exactly what the scheme's going to be. It's going to depend on the personnel, but they got to answer a lot of roster questions. Okay, first let's too. talk about the scheme a little bit because, okay, all right, Mike Nolan has been a 3 4 guy in his career, mm-hmm. but he's also been in 4 3 systems before. Right. With what the Cowboys have coming back, okay, and I'm thinking specifically of Demarcus Lawrence. Is it better 4-3 or 3-4? I mean, I can't see Demarcus Lawrence in a 3-4. As a, as a stand-up. When you've made an investment like that. I, I, yeah, I don't know if that's the best spot for him. I mean, a stand-up outside rush linebacker. Mm-hmm. Why? Why don't you think it would work for him? Just because well, he's not. not built I, for I just it? can't. I can't see it because I've never seen him do that before. Like cover and right because uh, right. that's part of the job. Although I don't be, know how much now. Demarcus Ware. Yeah, how much was, did he cover in that in those? Well, and the other part of it is there. You know, you're in the nickel seventy percent of the time, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. yeah. you're in a four man front. And in in the past, they've rotated guys. Now Lawrence would get the bulk of the snaps, but. Uh, but in your base, you know, you want him on the field. So what do you think, to me, Everson? To me, this is an opportunity for D. Lawrence and his entire defense to make a change. Hit that reset button. Mm-hmm. And if I have a coach coming in and he tells me this is how we're going to do it and we're going to tweak your responsibilities and your te- technique just a little bit, then I would hope that that coach is sensitive enough to say, I'm going to make sure that we're going to enhance your game. And this is a guy that I think he Lawrence is the guy. He is the guy that can enhance his game. Can be better. There's no doubt about it. He can be a much more dominating player. Think than about he him has walking been. around. That's what I'm saying. Don't be don't be close minded to that. Mm-hmm. Belichick came up to me and said, "I want you to play safety on third downs, on passing downs." I'm like, Coach, you know, this body ain't made for tackling. <laughs> it's not made for safety. But I did what he asked. I led the team in interceptions. We had the number one third down defense, okay, for number one defense, period. But uh, the number one third down defense, it did not harm our system in any way. When I say our, I mean the Giants system. The way it was when I got there, that was the way it stayed. And he only tweaked what I did. And it made me a, more, a better all-around player. So that can happen with D-Law. Seriously, that can happen with D-Law. You know, it's it's so much about matchups, and you know, and we've seen the way defenses have evolved in the National Football League, where the old traditional three-four base defense or a four-three, they're moving guys around in that front yeah. seven. Don't all be a one-trick pony, Bill. To try, oh, that's what it is to try to get a mismatch. You if you enha- think Demarcus you Lawrence yourself. can rush, can can beat a guy, a guard on the inside, Man. put him in a position uh, to do and that. And it's so know? hard to read now. Now the the offensive linemen, they don't know if stunts are coming. Mm-hmm. Now they've got to be a little bit more honest, and D-Law is not going to be right there for you to pick him out every time. To me, I think that flexibility up and down the line could be very good How about for a Jalen career. Smith? That's what I was thinking. Man. I mean, you can see him as a rusher. That's what he does best, is rush going forward, and he has, he has a knack for it from the linebacker position. I don't... I don't have any insight on this yet. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do exactly, but maybe it doesn't have to be one or the other. Maybe you can run some some three-man line and and still have some 4-3 concepts. I mean, the Patriots are a hybrid I, I was just thinking too. about the Patriots and like a Dante Hightower. And I, and I thought when Hightower came out, I, in fact, I wanted the Cowboys to draft Hightower uh-huh. back in 2010 or whatever, uh-huh. whatever 2011, I think it was. And they already had John Lee. And one of the things with Hightower is – he could play inside linebacker in a three-four, or he could go to the edge. You know, he's a versatile guy, and that's the way he's, his career has kind of played out there. But a Jalen Smith could be like that in a three-four defense. Well, here's the thing: you have. You, I, I looked up uh, Mike Nolan and and just the kind of uh, system that he had, the kind of players that he likes. The linebackers we have, they don't fit the system mm-hmm. that he has. His linebackers, they're going forward. They're extremely aggressive. He loves to blitz. And they get a lot of turnovers from those blitzes. They get a lot of strip sacks. I mean, they, they like they like to be they like to put the pressure down. Now, he's had to do that at times because he didn't have the talent that he wanted on certain defenses. But when you look at the Saints, 
You look at those linebackers there, and that's what he was coaching while he was there. Mm-hmm. Those linebackers are different from ours. How about Demario Davis? <laughs> I mean, Absolute stuff. They are. Yeah. They they have no necks. Okay, uh-huh. <laughs> they yep. have no waistline. All right, yeah. these guys are straight up tree trunks, mm-hmm. uh, and they but they can move around and they can make plays. And he loves to send them out to the quarterback. So I look for a more aggressive defense for us to have, but that's going to also leave us open for more big plays. And you got to answer questions in your secondary this offseason, right. too. So you got to get you those know. DBs that are ready for not necessarily lockdown, but just be able to challenge your wide receivers the way we were challenged. We were challenged by some DBs that weren't that good. But because of the system, they were successful against us. Let's mm-hmm. see if we can do the same. So is it more exciting that they have so many free agents and there, there can be a makeover? And from McCarthy coming in here or the whole coaching staff, do they, they look at it as it, it's a more exciting uh, possibilities here because you can – and that, we're going to see – you know, how involved is McCarthy in the building of this team, you know, and acquiring personnel? I, yeah. I, I look to see uh, who they keep. Okay. That's going to tell you a lot. Who are they going to keep around? We're going we're gonna to have our steady guys that are going to be there for us. But, man, this is going to be a shakeup defensively yeah. that may not settle in. We might be like the Kansas City Chiefs. They they only got better to like the last seven games of the season. That's right. This might be us. That might be the way we are. You know, Parcells was a three four guy his whole career, and when he took over here, it was three years in until he switched to the three four. So it's not something you do overnight. But like you said, Bill, I mean, you're in nickel a lot now, especially the way offenses are run now. But like Everson said, see who they keep and see who they draft. You know, that 05 draft here was mm-hmm. five of seven defensive guys, and they really braced themselves for that change. How about that draft? That was you something. Ware and Spears in the first round. I mean, you're switching to a 3-4, and you get Ratliff in the seventh round. Kevin Burnett even in the second round. A top you know. three or four draft in history of the team, mm-hmm. I think. Barber wow. was in the fourth round. Yeah, that's good it, was, it was something. Yeah. yeah. And that was when Parcells got involved in the draft process, right? Yeah, had his fingerprints all over it. No, that's when he was. That's when he was GM ready. I mm-hmm. mean, that was it. I mean, that's why he knows he's the best GM that he can deal with. So, so to my point is okay. And I think Jason Garrett was heavily involved in the acquisition of players. And you know, Rick Goslin talking about uh, one of the great things about Jimmy is, as he put it, Goslin talked about his. You know, wearing talent. Yeah, eye for talent. He had a great eye for talent. That is something that (laughs) Jason gets a lot of criticism on his way out as head coach. But in building this roster, which we all think is pretty good, he has had a voice in it. And I don't know if he's got enough credit or people realize that. You know, the the Joneses gave him that voice. All right. With Will McClay. Then then think about the Wade Phillips era. Okay. Now that 2009 draft was about the worst. I mean, it was the worst. And now they didn't have a first round pick. And then they traded down in the second round. And remember that guy that walked in the building who was their first pick in that draft? In, o- in 09, 09, Jason Williams, linebacker. Oh, no, uh, or Robert Brewster, which one? Maybe Williams was the first. Where are they I, and, and, now? Yeah, yeah. Robert Brewster walked in that door and I said, oh, my God. <laughs> Without a shirt on? I was like, wow. His weight that's was a third-round pick? His weight was a challenge. It was a challenge oh, for him. You guys. He wasn't See, around. But, but my point on that. That's why I never liked the media. You guys are but, but how involved really was Wade? Listen to it right now. Sorry, bro. How involved Wade was Wade in the in the draft um, process and the acquisition of play? I don't know. Wade if it was seemed the same. to have the attitude. Oh, whatever you want to he do, fine with me. I'll coach yeah, him up. He yeah. seemed a bit overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not overwhelmed, yeah. but lackadaisical is a better word to where, like you said, just just bring him in, guys. I'll yeah, take whoever, care whatever you want to do, yeah, fine with me. I'll coach him up, and we'll be fine. I think defensively. He weighed in on guys he thought could fit sure. his style of defense. Offensively, I, he may, yeah, it may have been more of a. And Garrett guys, was the offensive coordinator, and I know right. that they 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 valued Garrett's opinion on on offensive players. All right, uh, take a break, and we wrap up talking Cowboys when we come back in a moment. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. 
Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too important? Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more, do more. So, you're shopping, and that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stacked from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Back to Talking Cowboys. Talking Cowboys continues. Rob has stepped out to take a call, and I guess. He didn't say where he was going. Yeah, man. I'm not sure. He, yeah. he had to go do something, and he's coming back, <laughs> hopefully. Mickey is not here, and Rob is back now. <laughs> hey, okay, with hands up. Hey. Hi, Rob. How are you? I'm great. Great. Uh, no Mickey, so no Reed. That's very uh, disappointing. Oh, man, I was ready for week. that, bro. Go to J- GetJackBlack.com. So you sound just like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about You know what? I think, it, I think you hesitate, and I do the same thing, because I want to say Blackjack and it's, not it's Jack Black. It's not than you thought, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I, leave I have it to, to sit man. there and think, is it Jack Black or is it Blackjack? Black, I still don't yeah, know. Yeah, I still it's don't Jack know. Black. Jack Black. Jack okay. Black. GetJackBlack.com. Oh, that's a free pub. They didn't even pay for that one. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Mickey's probably getting something for it. Yeah. We should have had him call in from the road and do it. Yeah. That would yeah. have been something. And Mickey oh, wow. was at the he national championship game. He doesn't care about LSU, but he does care about LSU because his wife cares about That's LSU. Right. Very so much so. He's on that bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, all right. Um, what do you think of? Uh, well, what do you think of these? I want, I oh, want go to ahead. talk. I want to talk about the lack of uh, evolution of the defensive backs. Okay. Not just in college, but also in the NFL. Or I could say that the other way around. Because I I just – I saw some things last night, and I've seen them throughout the year, and and I I sound like the town crier here. (laughs) Defensive backs are devolving. If they're not devolving, we're not evolving along with the rest of the positions. Mm -hmm. Because as the rule changes come about, then there's 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 an adjustment period for everyone. Now DBs are learning, okay, I can't just go head first. I can't use my crown. Everybody's learning, you know, how to do it. And there's, there's always that, that learning curve. I get that. But there are certain things that whether you hit a guy or not with the crown, there are certain things whether you hit a guy past five yards in the line of scrimmage as, and you're, you're, you're in a press position, there are still certain basics that don't go away. Sideline is still your friend. Mm-hmm. The waistline doesn't move. Okay, <laughs> these are things that these are basic things that defensive backs have been taught since before I was born, and it seems as if because of the rule change, we want to lay on that and depend on that as for the reason for so much success by these outstanding wide receivers that I spoke of last time that are coming out and are in the league right now. The wide receivers are evolving. They're taking advantage of the new system. They're taking advantage of the rule. The defensive backs, we got to move quicker. We have to evolve quicker because all of a sudden you say, all right, uh, Drew Brees has Michael Thomas over there. He's got the one-on-one. Oh, that's pitch and catch. They never used to say that, Bill. Mm -hmm. They never used to say that. You can't make that automatic. Okay, And for the commentator to just think, that's automatic. 
That is the norm now in the mm-hmm. NFL. Mm-hmm. And to me, I guess I'm taking it personally because I'm a defensive back. That was never the norm. Mm-hmm. You never had anybody say, oh, well, Dion's over there. Oh, no, this wide receiver, Michael Thomas, pitch and catch by Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. No, you did not say that. You never would, would even think to urge that against Mel Blunt, against all these great, great defensive backs that I've seen and, and tried to emulate. So to me, I think they need some coaches in there to stop teaching players not to turn around for the ball. Mm-hmm. Wait till his hand goes up. Then you – that is a bunch of BS and it is so outdated. Whoever came up with that, they have ruined DBs mm-hmm. because no one now turns around to try to make a play on the ball. They talked about it last night. Lawrence, right? Um, uh, Trevor Sunshine. Lawrence. Yeah. Sunshine said, if, if the DB doesn't turn around, I'm throwing the ball. I heard him say that. Mm. To me, why would a DB not turn around? <laughs> it, it is like, you know, that's like saying if a, D, if a DB had no ankles, I'm going to go after his. Okay, you have ankles. You have you turn around. You know, to me, that, that, that concept, that uh, technique that's been taught, it has ruined kids from high school, and now they're doing it in the pros. And to me, it is ruining a lot of guys' careers. And I've done camps now with kids before. I tell them this. I don't care what's going on with you guys, what you've been taught. In this camp, <laughs> don't do it. Forget we're going to get turnovers. <laughs> and it's not just me. It's all about the narrative. If you tell a kid he can get interceptions, you show him he can get interceptions, he's going to get them. The kids are coaching camp, and it's not just me; it's the whole camp because we're teaching it differently. You're gonna go. You're gonna get turnovers. We got so many turnovers one camp; it was ridiculous, <laughs> and it was all because the light turned on in their brain. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about they became different people; they only thought differently. Yeah, and so that's what we need. Are to Are you start saying it, DBs are more reactionary now as opposed to aggressive and trying to make I those agree. plays? That is, is that it. kind of what that you're saying? Yeah, they're not turning so around. Yeah. It's reaction. So good. That's so good because you, 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 you voiced it better than me. You worded it better than I did. They're reacting to a receiver. When, when his hand go up, only do you react. Mm-hmm. I just think that is you're, – you're, you're, you're doing a disservice to the intellect of some of the – defensive backs that have come around this league. And one thing, you know, you got Gil Brandt out there. I know he's missed the Hall of Fame. But back in the day, Gil Brandt and all those uh, general managers used to think, I can find a wide receiver or a defensive back on any street corner. That's what they used to say about defensive backs and wide receivers. And that is not true. Mm-hmm. The best defenses are because they have the smartest defensive backs. That's right. No so doubt. let's just be real no about doubt. that. You got to be intelligent at every position, and it, it doesn't that, just stop at that quarterback. That legion or offense. of boom in Seattle. The reason they were so good was they had smart DBs. Smart Earl DBs, Thomas, Richard, Richard Sherman, Sherman, those guys. Uh huh. That's exactly right. So don't be a drone. Okay, mm-hmm. be your own player. Think the game. That's how I was taught to play. Don't react like you're talking about. You you got to go out there and be the dominant players you are. Jalen Ramsey's not out there waiting on somebody to turn around. He's mm-hmm. kicking his wide receiver's butt and running his route mm-hmm. like Richard Sherman it's, did against Thielen yeah. in the Minnesota game. I was that's defense. The whole time I'm thinking Richard Sherman, just the way he plays, the, the way he made yeah, that yeah. interception. Yep. He st- he controlled him immediately from the line of scrimmage and not just beat him up. He knew the route he was running. So you have to recognize the routes that are being run. Don't just go out there and just drone it, okay? Fifth be round independent. Draft pick. Be an independent thinker. Fifth round draft pick. He was a wide receiver in college. Crazy, and mm-hmm. and is so good right now. He is mm-hmm. he is making his mark as one of the better defensive backs to come through the playoffs, especially, and he's turning teams around that were not known for playing good defense. And he went on an epic rant after the Minnesota game last weekend. I didn't see it. Oh, he's just saying, I don't know why you media guys just constantly make excuses for why I'm so good. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. It was great. All right, before we wrap up, um, because we're about out of time. Thank you for my rant. No, that that was great. We need to dive further in that (laughs) earlier in the show next week. Um, Packers, Niners, who do you like? It's got to go Niners, man. I just, yeah. I don't know. Rodgers is good, of course, but that pack, that that uh, Niners defense, I can't see 
I can't see a letdown. Oh, God, who they remind me of? I, they remind me with Bosa on coming off the edge and they're showing up on that defensive line. I just don't see any gaps for them at all, not any consistent gaps. I can't think of who they remind me of, but they are so dynamic right I remember now. seeing that linebacker, Dre Greenlaw. He was a rookie. and I remember seeing him in the preseason thinking, man, that guy. I mean, you, you could tell yes. that he belongs, even as a rookie. you know. And then they lose Quan Alexander for the bulk of the season, and he steps in and he's making play. No big you know, deal. Exactly. Next man up. You need to find a Dre Greenlaw in the draft. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, That's several of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm, who you got? Yeah, go uh, ahead. You know, I'm uh, – I'm going to say Green Bay, mm. just because I'm, I'm looking forward to an Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl. And you don't think Garofalo can can stand up? Is, that, is that what you're saying? Because that's going to be the matchup there. He doesn't get enough credit for being a really good quarterback because everybody, and rightfully mm. so, as you said, they talk about the defense and they are nasty. But I usually in these games I take the better quarterback, mm. and Rodgers to me might mm. might be the goat. So and that's, he's going and back home, and this it. is and they they've got something cooking. Like he was, he was in the zone last week, and if they can keep that up, he's got. He, it's like he's been waiting on on the playoffs. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna chill. I'm gonna let Jones take care of things. Then and people and then, talking that you know his stats are down, whatever. But he he was dominant. All right, Titans Chiefs. Oh man. I cannot. I, I, I love the Titans, and I, I knew they were going to win. I mm. knew they were going to win. <laughs> really? I did. Really? I did. No, I, I love. Uh, I love uh, Vrabel. He's he's got a great skill out there, and, and the running game itself. It's mm-hmm. this defensive, this playoff football that he has going on. But Mahomes is ready. For I mean, Mahomes yeah. is yeah. dialed in. It is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to go against Spotify. Yeah, this is crazy. I called Mark Collins after the game. He's with Kansas City, but I played with him in New York. He was my fellow cornerback. He said he's never seen anything like it. He was there. And he said, I've been playing around football all my life. I've never seen anything like what I saw today. When they announced that they ran out of fireworks because they scored too many touchdowns <laughs> during the game. I mean, that's all you need to know right there. Oh, I'll go crazy. Chiefs. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. So you got Chiefs Niners. I've got Chiefs Packers. Yeah. Chiefs Packers. Okay. Chiefs Packers. All right. But – Everson's right. That 49ers team is – might be the most complete team. He can't mess that up. He can't mess that up, can he? Can he mess that up? I oh, mean, he can. He, can. I he mean, has. He has. He, he, he should have been in the Super Bowl in 2014 right. at Seattle, and he found a way to get that done if they had just recovered that onside kick. And, and the way Shanahan calls plays, too. I mean, he he will take it out of his hands. Yeah, because that running yeah. game is is just going. like what he did that in that uh, in that game at New Orleans. You know where they got home field. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. so all right, that does it for this edition of Talking Cowboys, hey. and we will talk at you again next week. Production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?